Whoa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. This is Connor Holloway of the Golden Hours Podcast, and this is a GDP Minute. Listen, as I had said to everybody, going to be running episodes a little bit sporadically. But as you know, I am training for a marathon and another very special race afterwards, which we'll discuss soon. And there's this dude on YouTube named Hella Good who, I, who I've been smashing his videos recently. He's run every day for like three years straight and really educated runner. So I love talking to him about running. He's also just a really, really nice dude. Very positive guy. He um, is planning on running across the country from L.A. to New York. And he's been training for it. He's working on getting all the sponsorships. So I really enjoyed my conversation with him. A really nice dude. Came from Mali originally. He was dealing with a bunch of citizenship issues. But for anybody who's interested in the running community and an athlete, this is for you. I think you'll really enjoy it. Great dude. Definitely smash his videos. And um, quick update on the movie. Making good progress. I'm also, listen, I am making fire, fire GDP fit caps. Launch it on my Snapchat. It went crazy. And now I'm going to do sweat wicking like nice Nike dry fit fit caps. And I'm working on trying to get the samples done right now. But I want to make a really high quality hat that everyone can lift in and run in. Because right now, as you know, I got that Ellen DeGeneres flow and these hats cannot contain it. With that being said... We're doing that. That was part one. Part two, gearing up to market the movie, man. It's getting crazy. Starting to get really excited about it. I think everyone's really, really going to enjoy it. And uh, thank you, man. And again, just share this with a friend if you get any value. All right, all love, baby. Peace. Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait. Was that not it? Hey, enter. Just, you forgot to enter. What's up, my beautiful people? My name is Hela Sidive. And this is my golden hour. Okay. We got, we got the Zoom recording. Now, Lexi, I'm currently looking at Hella Good's beautiful face, man. <laughs> can, you, can you see us on YouTube Live? I see you. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you doing? She's good. Cool. Good. Hey, hey, man, thank you so much for doing this. No problem. No problem. So uh, did, did you get your morning miles in today? Yeah, when you text me, I was out, I was out running um, 12 miles today. All right. Dude, so I had seen your most recent YouTube video. So yeah. you're currently on a daily basis, you're doing 12? Yeah, 12 minimum a day. And so when are you planning on doing the big send? The, the big send in terms of cross country or? Yeah, I mean, the cross country, I, I, you've been hyping I, it up for months. Yeah, I can't say the exact date yet, but it's coming up very soon. That's all I could say. So next month, hope, hopefully early or mid next month, we can announce the official date, but it'll be early 2021. That's all I can say. Are you getting nervous? No, actually, I'm anxious. I want to just go at it. And I know I'm going to, there's going to be a lot of highs and lows, but I'm ready for it. That's going to be part of the process. So that's expected for me. Now, what is that? The run across the country is it a straight shot for you? Like I'm, I'm going every day till I get, till I get here, till I get to the <laughs> East Coast from LA to, so there's not going to be like, Oh, I'm going to take two, three days. off just chilling in a state. Even if I continue my streak, I'm just going to keep going every day. Um, hopefully I'm able to do it physically 
But no matter what it is, I want to be able to put some miles in every day till I get here. Now, when did you start kind of having this idea, like, I think it would be really cool to go cross country? Yeah. As I was finishing my two years of running every day. So it, I was just sitting and I'm like, you know what? This is a, a routine. No matter what, I'm going to be running every day. I need something more challenging. Not saying that running every day for two years isn't challenging, but for me, I already had it in me. I knew it was a routine that's never going to go away. So I wanted something bigger. So I was like, what can I do? And I said, how about run across the country? And again, being uh, ignorant about that, I didn't know that people had been doing that. So I was just, it's always a fresh idea in my head. And there's a saying, if you always think of an idea, it's usually has already been thought of or done. Yeah. So even though I didn't know shrieking was a thing when I started running, I didn't know people shrieked. Um, so it was the same thing. So we decided to research to see who has run across the country. And I was thinking maybe if, if people have probably like three or five, but I think it's in like the 200 um, that have done it. So I just said, let me do something that's a little more challenging out of my comfort zone, running a distance that I would usually get close to in a year, trying to do that in less than a year, about a hundred days. Okay. Before I move on, I'm sorry, this is rude of me. Dude, we've never actually met in person. So I'm calling. No, that's okay. Nice to meet you. I feel like I've, I've known you just because of the fact that we communicate. I know, man. We already got that chemistry going. We've yeah. been brothers for life, man. Yes. Would you mind before we move on, just give a quick synopsis of who you are and what you do? Yeah. Uh, name is Hella Sidibe, and uh, I'm known on social media as Hello Good. And a quick disclaimer about the Hello Good thing I got that nickname in college. I'm playing soccer. So I started getting um, friends and the fans of the game coming in with signs to say, hello, good. So I was like, whoa, that's a cool name. So when I made my Instagram late, years later, I was like, I think that's the name I want to stick to. Um, my best friend used to call me that all the time. So it kind of started with him and people were hearing it and it became a thing. So um, I'm, uh, I've been running every day since uh, May of 2017, uh, May 15, 2017, and former soccer player and was born and raised in West Africa, Mali. Now I live in the United States in New Jersey. And I've been running every day almost. Uh, year four is on the way. So we completed year three. Year four will be this May. So you came initially over here for soccer, correct? In the U.S.? No, actually. Um, I came here because uh, so my dad was here in 95 to do his um, PhD. And uh, 97, uh, he went to Northern Illinois University to do his doctorate degree. So in 97, my mom got accepted to come to do her master's degree. So at the time, um, the three of us back home, um, I had an older brother. He lived with my grandma. He was much older than us. And, uh, but three of us, my sister, my younger, my older sister, younger brother, and I were the, the only one. So my, my brother was four at the time, so he couldn't be left behind. So we were old enough, even though I was only six. My sister was eight. Uh, we were old enough to be left behind. So my mom came to the U.S. with my little brother. So we were left with my mom's sister and we went to her village and uh, kind of did a school year over there. So in 98, unfortunately, my mom's sister who was looking out for us passed away. So there's no one there to take care of us in 98. So they did all they got to do, all the little like run stuff to get us visas. So my sister and I came to join them in 98. But we were only here until 99 because they were all finishing their program, the, the PhD and the master's degree. So 99, I was only here in the U.S. for one year, learned English, a good amount of English. Um, I was able to communicate right. I went to third grade, Jefferson Elementary in Illinois. And then we all moved back in 99, literally right before Y2K. I remember vividly people talking about Y2K. I don't know. You might be young to, to, to know that, but Y2K. Y2K, for, for anybody listening, was like yeah. 
it was this big event at the turn of the millennium. As soon as it turned from 99 yeah. to 2000, everyone thought all the thought everything was going to shut down and the world was yeah. going to explode. And yeah, and everybody was like rushing grocery shopping before we even left that December. It was just crazy. But um, so we all moved back home. And what happened was I went, ended up doing middle school um, right before high school. My mom got accepted to come do her PhD. So then they asked for, they applied for a visa for us so we can come and continue our education. So Wait, we came to the U.S. Quick, sorry to interrupt yeah. you. So after Y2K, you moved back to West Africa. Yeah, it was right before Y2K because it was 99 we left. It was in 2000. Yeah. So I was here for literally a year. I got here summer of 98 and left um, December of 99. So just over a year. And uh, so my mom came back 2003 and we came back 2004 around that time. So this was like, I went back home. I started like, barely my English was my accent got bigger with the English accent because I was younger it was well so um, I lived I went to middle school in, in Mali almost before I got to high school my we moved back to the U U.S. well we came back to the U.S. to join my mother so since then I've been here since freshman year of high school but I'd go back and forth visiting and changing a visa you got it when your visa is expiring you got to get out of the country come back in all that routine and went to college um, got a scholarship offer to play at multiple colleges in the country um, I had 23 division one offers and, um, almost 30, but all overall with division three, junior college, all of that. So I, I went to UMass. I didn't want to go to NIU, uh, Northern Illinois. That's where both of my parents went and they both got their degrees there, masters, PhDs there. My sister was going there and I knew my little brother eventually was going to go there. I just wanted to get out of town. So I decided to go to university of Massachusetts and the then, yeah, the, yeah, the zoo, you already know, UMass is where it's at. Um, all my and, cousins went to UMass. Yeah, it was the. I think it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life going over there. I had a blast. Over oh, you're there. a party animal over there, man. Yeah, I was a Division One athlete, so we 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 enjoy ourselves. But it wasn't all parties all the time. Just the school itself, everything about it, the community, the people, that made it uh, a, a beautiful thing over there. So, and then I got opportunity to play in the pros. Um, took my chances with that, even though I was limited due to visa issues. There's a whole another story with that. Then, uh, yeah, and I'm here today. Well, that was an insanely fast sum of about 30 years, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so quick rewind. So when you're bouncing between, it's Mali, correct? Yeah, Mali. What, what was the difference, like the biggest difference in culture for you coming from Mali to the U.S.? Like what was the biggest adjustment? Uh, uh, I remember since even 98, it, I just, there's this, um, it felt like I was in a different planet. I remember the smell of the United States. It's really weird how the mind works because sometimes randomly, like every few months I get this smell and I would be like, oh, this is the, the first smell I, I smelled when I entered the United States. I remember it vividly it? every time. It, it, it's hard to explain. When I smell, I know it. When I first stepped out of that plane into the airport, I remember the first smell that I took. And then randomly it will hit me out of nowhere. Maybe it's my memory. I'm like, oh, I remember this is the first smell. So. It was just a, a different world. I've seen it on TV. Huh? Is it a good smell or a bad it smell? It was a great smell. A great smell. Okay. It was a fantastic smell. Um, and I just remember seeing the U.S. on TV and just all the skyscrapers. And I and landed in New York City, so I got to see the skyscraper. I was like, wow, it's actually real. But when I went to the little town decal, I was so shocked because I didn't even think you would see dirt on the ground here. I just thought it was all skyscrapers, cities, concretes. And to realize that, oh, this is just parts of the United States. Um, the town that we're living in is a farm town. So that was, a, but that's not what they sell to us in, in, in my country. They sell to you, U.S. is just a big city, 
like bright lights, things like that. They don't show you that other side of it. Like if you see Africa, they only show you the, the famine kid, the poor area, the people are struggling, but they don't show you the city also, the good side of Africa. So we were seeing only the gray side of here. So when I got here, I was like, what, what is, so it was a lot of emotions going up and down, but it, I remember everything. It was very interesting. Um, it was a huge culture shock for sure. Now, how frequently do you go back to Mali? Um, the last time I was there was, uh, it's going to be two years actually um, coming up. Actually, just two years past. Um, I left here um, two years ago on the 11th or the 13th or something to go to my sister's um, wedding. So I haven't been there in two years. Prior to that, I was there in 2017. Prior to 2017, I was there in 2010 because I was going to school, college. I did have the visa to go in, in and out, but um, it was tough at that point playing, being a Division One athlete. And then after that, I had to wait to renew the visa. There were so many things. But um, yeah, so 2000, before that, I went 2006. So it was like every two summers we were going until I got to college. And then after I got to college, I didn't go for seven years. So, so recently yeah. it was two years ago. Mm -hmm. Now, do you miss it? Are you feeling going back at all? Yeah, I always do. I always do. But there's things that makes me um, feel like I'm, I'm not too far away from it. I communicate with my family as much as I can and friends. And I'm always listening to music since I was the music I listened to since I was a kid. They're always in my playlist. It comes on randomly in the car. Well, so I might sing to um, it's, it's, it's different. I mean, we have hip hop, we have R and B, we have all of that, but the traditional songs, that's what I like. Kind of like, like the, 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 the soul music kind of stuff, traditional, like the older artists. Um, that's the kind of style that I like, uh, from Maui. Cause it brings a lot of memory when you're listening to, you remember when you're a kid, when that song was popular, that's what I, I yeah, like yeah. a lot. Of I feel you, but do you listen to music when you run? Yes. Yeah. Actually, in fact, today I have my AirPods on, um, for an hour and 38 minutes. Um, I was listening to a playlist that I have on Spotify. It was mixing with like a, a Malian songs, African songs, uh, American songs. It was all a mix of everything. Just, just playing and on shuffle. But sometimes I space out. I don't even know what's going on in the music. It's just like a comfort having it on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, dude, I, uh, I've been noticing at around the 90 minute mark for me, when I run my AirPods have been dying. What, what oh, generation wow. do you have? I have the second generation. Yeah. Yeah. Mine lasts pretty long. It doesn't die um, easily. It doesn't. Do you have the, yeah. like, do you have the gel in them or is it uh, just the normal? It's just a normal one. It's not the one that came out like the pro. Um, this is just like fire. the, yeah, the, I guess the first version of it, but second generation of that, it just looked like the same as the first generation. Now for the big send across the country, you mm -hmm. got your playlist planned? No, I don't have anything planned for that. I feel like that's going to be, it's going to be up and down. There's going to be days I might want to listen to music. There's going to be days I don't, but I'm, I'm more focused on downloading audibles, um, audio books. Cause I want to listen to books versus I'm a huge fan of audiobooks, and um, I'd rather listen than read it, but I do read sometimes. Um, so I think that's going to be a big factor. Yeah. <laughs> I like books cause I, I get lost in it and uh, I, it makes me think, it makes me feel like I'm part of the story or it makes me think about my own story. So I think I'm going to be listening to a lot of books versus songs. Can I put you on a book right now? Yeah. There's one, there's a book by this author who I had on the show. His name's Jack Gantos. It's called Can't Hurt Me. And it's about, it's autobiographical. It's about him growing up in Florida and he always wanted to be a writer, but he uh -huh. kept putting it off. 
And instead of like pursuing and becoming a writer, he got on a, a massive drug ship and got busted by the FBI. Wow. That would be a great listen for when you're running through Missouri. Wait, he got, he got on the ship or he just was part of it? No, he got on the ship just kind of like, I'm, I'm just looking for an adventure and uh, just ended up in some crazy shit when he was like 17. Wow, that's insane. I know. That's insane. Yeah. Now, um, quick rewind. So were your parents, are they studying medicine over here? Like what's the benefit to studying um, in the U.S.? Um, they were um, doing doctorate degree, instructional technology, my dad. And then my mom was um, two things, woman study. And she changed her major on a couple of times. But um, I mean, the, the, the benefit over here is just to expand your education. Because both of my parents were professors, English professors. And Mali is not an English-speaking country, but they were English professors. And uh, I don't think I've met anyone really in my life that had better English than them in terms of not speaking it, in terms of like writing, like grammatically being correct, because they have the accent. And I would laugh at them, oh, I have better English than you because you have your thick accent. But they're like, well, the better English is not about what you sound like, but how you write and how you pronounce, how you put things together. So, but um, yeah, they came here just so to advance their education. That's what it was um, too. Uh, my dad has um, three PhDs and my mom has um, one PhD and two masters. And uh, one of his PhD was in the US, one was in France and one was in England. My mom's was in the US and both masters in the US. Your parents are bosses. Yeah, they're, they're crazy when it comes to school. They want me to go to that route. I said, nah, that's not me. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So a lot of my friends who have immigrant parents, their yeah. parents place a heavy, heavy emphasis Ooh. on education. Mm -hmm. was, was that ever a pressure for you growing up? And was it weird? Yeah, 100%. I'm an athlete. 100% because they see that that was their way out. Like my dad grew up in a village where super poor. My mom, village super poor, but not as far as my dad's village. So his way out was education. He actually moved out of the village at 17 years old. This is way back in the day we're talking about. So like it was because of school, he was able to get to the capital city. Because of school, he was one of his only friends that went to Europe to study. So school was a way to success. So that's why they pressure you with that. Um, same thing for my mom. So, I mean, they were always supportive of my athletic in the very beginning in high school. Um, because they, you're going to school, you're playing in college, same thing. But um, later on, it's more like, hey, you got to get this degree. You got to strap up because this is the way you're going to go forward. I said, well, there's other ways of making things happen than just school. So you just you just respect what they they have to say and then you just and then do what you have to do. Because at the end of the day, ultimately, it comes down to what you want to do and your own happiness. You can't just do what they want to do because it's also your life. Yeah. Was that a hard to like a hard talk saying like, Hey mom and dad, I, I think I want to become a full-time YouTuber. It, it wasn't a hard talk. Like I didn't even tell them that I want to, I didn't tell them I want to be a, a full-time YouTuber or any of that. They knew what I was doing. I get a little bit, Hey, hell, you're, you're getting older. What are you doing? You got to find a, a legit thing. That's always the case. Especially my dad. My dad was a little more rough with it. My mom was more like the, the reserve. She's like kind of hinting to me. Hey, just know that it's time to really figure something out. But without telling me directly, by my, my, my dad would be the one to my face. I don't know what you're doing. What are you trying to be? Uh, he says mannequin, which in French mean, if you translate it, it means mannequin, but it means model in English. Are you trying to be some kind of model? What's going on? You're not going to make anything off of this because <laughs> he just see me posting pictures. Or, and then I, I put my mom onto my YouTube channel a year ago when she came here to help my sister, sister with her son. And she was like, wow, this is really awesome. This is cool. She got to see what, what I'm doing, really. And then she goes back home and shows to my dad that was a bad decision because 
Now my dad sees these videos like, what are you doing with your time making these videos? What are you doing with this? So he's, he isn't really seeing how I'm trying to see it. Because if you have a different vision, you're not going to see clearly what someone is seeing, what they're doing. And uh, I mean, it's, it warmed up to my mom a lot more, my dad a little bit, but it's still one of the things. He doesn't yell at me about it, but he's just saying, hey, you got to do something. Because to them, doing something serious is having a nine to five. And, uh, I feel you, man. and I don't think that's not always the case. That's not for me either, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, hey, listen, if your dad by chance watches this, uh, is this Mr. Sidibe? Yeah. Mr. Sidibe, your son's videos have gotten me inspired <laughs> to run even more miles. So he's doing a great job, man. <laughs> Thank you. That's from my guy, Mr. Sidibe. Um, so you're a full-time athlete, a D1 athlete at UMass, right? <laughs> yeah. Did, didn't you like, once your athletic career was done, there's no way you didn't think like, oh my God, I'm pumped. I never have to run again. See, you know what? That's not the case because I love the game, the game. Because when you're playing soccer, I don't care about like running when I'm playing. When I have to just run and I'm not touching the ball, not doing anything with it, that's what I didn't like. And it goes hand in hand. You got to run to play the game. But when you're in the middle of the game practice, your head is everywhere. You're winning the 50-50 ball, the slide tackles, the headers. You're attacking, you're defending. So your mind is not just focused on any pain that you go through. Your mind is just focusing on the, the athlete mind. I got to win. I got to make sure my team is on top. I got to make sure that we got to come from the back, like resilience, you know? So I miss the game a lot. And I do remember my coach saying to me, uh, may he rest in peace, he passed away. Um, he said to us, he said, all the time he used to wake us up, 5.30, 5.45 a.m., we got to be at the football stadium, freezing cold, middle of February, 25 degrees, the turf is frozen. Your cleats feels like you're skating on ice. He said, he will always come up with the first thing he says, it's a beautiful day to be alive, gentlemen. And we're all standing there like, oh, can you really just stop? Because we're freezing. You don't want to be out here. I have like three gloves on. My, I'm freezing. But he, he, he always says, one day you're going to wish that someone was out there forcing you to get up and pushing you as hard as I am. And I, now I'm like, man, he was, he's so right. Because now I, I don't have anyone to push me by myself. And it was a lot easier when someone is making you do it because you're holding you accountable. Now I got to hold myself accountable. But um, I did not feel like, oh, I miss, I'm happy. I'm done with running now because soccer is over. It was more because I love the game. In fact, I was trying to do anything to keep pushing and playing at the like, next level to keep on playing. Where, did, where were you trying to play professionally in the U.S.? Yeah, I, I got, oh, there's, I got contract offer to play in Germany, Bundesliga 2, China. I denied China. That was my senior year. I had, my coach found me, my um, PDL coach, um, Premier Development and Professional Development coach found me a team in China. Um, I had a contract offer to fully live in, in Europe for a year in Germany in their league, everything paid for, but I got denied visa to get in there. Um, I had Sporting Kansas City try to draft me, like super draft. They wanted to draft me. That's like the top. There's only 60 players they select out of the whole country at that point. I don't know about now. And uh, there's a lot of issues. Supplementary draft, they said, we're going to pick you. I had phone calls with the coaches. I went into preseason with Sporting Kansas City right after they won the MLS Cup. Um, a, a coach from Seattle who was Kitsap Puma head coach, which was affiliate for the Seattle Sounders and the same owner for the Seattle Sounders. Um, they would talk to Sporting Kansas City. Hey, let me have Hella for a year while he figure out the whole visa stuff because you're an international. There's only a certain limited spot to be on a team. And uh, we'll get him better and we'll send him to you. So there's so many chaos that it was, it was really, it was almost like, man, how unlucky can you get, Hella? Um, I've had, I've played against teams that, 
that are trying to get me on it, but they couldn't. You can't do anything with immigration. Um, that's not up to them. So I remember, um, I want to say the coach's name, but from Sporting Kansas City, he said to me, hey, listen, Hela, um, we want you really bad, but we have this international problem. And yes, we're allowed to have up to eight international players, but eight international players out of like a 20, a 30-man roster is nothing. But he said, we have to get players from Europe who establish themselves and they sell ticket and jersey and they get people to the stadium. So if we can find someone like you that's as good as you, even if they're not as good as me, um, they're a U.S. citizen, we can help them develop. We don't have to worry about any international spot. We don't have to worry about paying for all these immigration because you have to get sponsors to get out. There's so much that goes on to it. Um, so that side of, it, of the game, um, kind of, I have a whole story on my YouTube channel, how I went. I did get to play professional. I was signed as a professional in Seattle in uh, 2013. I got to, actually, in fact, I missed my graduation, college graduation, to go to Canada and play against the Vancouver Whitecap. And I got my first assist that game. Um, even though we ended up losing that game, I got to play against the Portland Timbers. I got to play against New York City FC. I got, I got to play against Frank Lampard, someone who I love because I'm a huge Chelsea fan. So um, it, it was a, a crazy journey, but um, it, I got to a point where um, in 2016, after I played with Oklahoma City Energy, they're in the USL, and I was with their um, PDL and the first team, I was with them too as well. A little bit into preseason and then trying to get me back in. There's a lot of stuff that happened with that. But I got to a point I was just like, I had enough of it. I was like, you know what? I'm satisfied. It wasn't like I'm pissed. I felt like I did my my best to do what I had to do. I'm 100% satisfied. And then I don't want it bad enough anymore because bad enough anymore because I don't feel like I want to have other, try other avenues because I always say you could do anything with the right mindset. And at that point, that's not what I wanted. So I just decided to leave it and move on. All right, so quick rewind. Like what Hello is saying is that post UMass, you got a bunch of different tryouts for teams in the MLS, and there was a there's some sort of cap on how many visas these teams can administer. Correct? Yeah, international players. Yeah, international roster spots. It was so, eight at the time. I don't know about now. So it would have been much easier if you were an American citizen to be able to get on yeah. one of these teams. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, and. Um, the funny thing is actually when I was younger, 16, I got called up to the USU 17 national team. So you only to get, you were only to, only to get there to find out, Oh, where's your passport, Hela? And I brought my Malian passport. They're like, no, you cannot use this passport. You have to be a U.S. citizen. And then I remember the coach telling me this, um, the coach goes, Hela, can you go to your parents and tell them to work on your citizenship? And I thought it was that easy. I'm this young guy and I, and I go home. I'm like, mom, we got to figure out how to get my U.S. citizenship. I got to play for the national team. Um, and my mom looked at me and she's like, it's not that easy. You can't just become a citizen. So I was crushed. I was playing with the number two, uh, number one team in the country, Chicago Magic at the time. And I went to Chicago Fire and I was so crushed because I'm like, and the players who were called up then, we're talking about the Josie Altidores. Um, they were all on the, on the list. And I have emails from, from that. I still have emails from my Yahoo. Having conversation with the U.S. national um, side of the the youth team, and it was just crazy that. And I think about that. I think we had there was a scrimmage against Columbia youth team. I believe it was in Florida. I couldn't make the trip because I was in a U.S. citizen. And all they told me is work on your citizenship. And I thought I would be a piece of cake to do that. And then you get older, you're you're losing opportunity. The windows are shutting, and you just you can't do much about it. Um, you just yeah, it, it was what it was then. Now, with all this, like, 
these this turbulence you've had with your citizenship have you considered just like trying to apply for it or are you just on a- it doesn't work like that you can't just apply for it first of all i'm on a student visa and that means as soon as you're not a student you got to go back home so when you when i graduated i had a grace period 30 day grace period to get out of the country and on the grace period when you have that you can um if you don't get out you stay one minute a second after midnight you're automatically illegal you don't want to risk that because that means you're not going to be able to do other things and you're not going to be able to come back in the country once you leave. Um, so after there's a thing called an OPT or academic extension after I graduated. So I applied for that for my major because I was a sociology and public health minor to I was working for the team that signed me as a pro. So I can get the visa extension still on a visa. And then I had to do something, a two year sanction where with my degree, certain countries need like public health. Um, sociologist, I had to go home minimum for two years before I can apply to come back to the U.S. And you applying to come back to the U.S. isn't even guaranteed. So that's because you have to do that. So I had to get lawyers to tell the government, hey, look, if Hela goes back home, it's going to ruin his career as a soccer player so much for than him being a sociology major. So it took like two years almost to waive that. So you get that wave and you got to start all over zero. You can't work you follow, you're here, and I was here in the country legally, 100%. I had the paper, but I wasn't supposed to work. I wasn't supposed to travel because if you do that, you're not going to be able to come back in, and it's illegal to work without a working permit. You got to get permission to work from the government. So it's very hard. People think it's, um, it took me, who I've been in the US more than half of my life now. I just became, um, got my citizenship, but people oh, no think way. you just get, you yeah. Okay. No, not anymore. People think you can Congrats, just get up bro. and thank you. You can just get up and go get it. No. It's, and it's, it's crazy. I mean, it is what it is. You can't do much about it. That's the risk I took to come to this country. And I just did my best to follow the rules till I had my opportunity um, to be a citizen. Yeah. Now, with that being said, kind of feel like you've been through a lot of bullshit, man. Oh, yeah. I, and, I, I'm I surprised you, you, you're still able to be consistently as positive as you are, man. Thank you. What I told myself was I was uh, at that point in time moments, there's a certain part point in my life. I was just frustrated. I was always angry because I was pointing fingers and then I was having excuses. And a lot of those excuses were valid. They're very valid because they're hundred percent out of my control. What can you do about that? Right. And I just told myself one day, um, why don't I just control and take responsibility for my part, doing my part. And even the soccer part, I wasn't going to blame anybody anymore because I was like, okay, you couldn't get on a team because of visa. You couldn't get it. But what I could have done, those months where I sat there, I didn't train. I could have trained harder to be even a better player and focus on that part because that I can control. Maybe if I did that, some team owner or some team might be like, you know what? This kid is so good. I'm willing to bet my whole team on it and take him under my wing and pay whatever I have to do to get him on my team. I could have controlled that part of myself, but I wasn't. So I don't even blame the system for my soccer. I didn't continue the way I wanted it to. It was me because my part I could have done, but I didn't do that. I was just worrying about the other part I was not in control of and pointing fingers and blaming it. So same thing that happened to me later. I was like, stop blaming others. Stop blaming life. Life happens. And if you think you have it worse, some people even have it more worse than you do. And I just started taking responsibility for my own action, what I do. And that's what I I changed my whole mentality about everything that's going on. And the running thing was coming up at the time. And Literally, that's what carried me into today. Just focus on myself and what I can do. 
Now, that's interesting you say that, but was there like a certain epiphany or instance that switched the victim mentality for you? Because yeah. sometimes like people have to go through some like traumatic event and then their mindset changes or was it gradual? Yeah, it it wasn't a, a one-time traumatic event. It was just like, you're just, I was just sick of it. I was just, you're like, I say, I want to for once hold myself accountable and then keep the promise I made to myself. And that's what fitness did for me. People think fitness is, uh, some people think, I can't say everybody. Some people think that fitness is all about looking good or trying to show off or no, it, it changed your life. Mental health. That's the, the biggest, literally, that's what it took me um, to say, you know what, what am I afraid of? I said that I was like, what am I afraid of? I don't like running. I like my soccer body off season, but only in order to maintain that I got to run, but I don't like running. Oh, this person I saw on YouTube said he's going to try running. He's not an athlete. Why don't I try doing it? Okay. Let me give myself two weeks, 10 minutes a day. No pressure. So that's how everything started. And within even a week, I fell in love with it because I didn't care how fast I was going. I didn't care. Like it was just 10 minutes. It was something that was attainable. And that week I started going longer than 10 minutes, even within the first week. Um, but I, it got, I got to that point to realize that I need to just switch something. Something wasn't right. And I wanted to stop making excuses. And then I said, how can I let people trust me if I don't trust myself? I tell myself, hell, are you going to go to the gym every day for this week? I go three days in a row, and then I don't go for another couple of days. But someone come to me, oh, I trust you. And how am I going to let them trust me when I can't trust myself for keeping my own promise? So all of that comes up into a whole factor of things. And you're thinking to yourself, you know what? All right, it's time to take responsibility and stop making excuses and, and do what you have to do. Yeah, dude, that's how I started too. My friend was trying to get in shape. And I was like, listen, I've hated running my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I also always wanted to make this movie that we're going to launch in the city. And I was like, I got to do something really hard just to make sure I stay in line with those other two things. And mm -hmm. I was not like you. I did not like it within a week. I, it took me about four, <laughs> took me about four months to start really liking it, dude. You're actually, yeah. I think you're crazy, man. Yeah. Thank you. And some people don't like it and that's okay. And that's where you play. That's when you know, you don't like it. If you didn't try, you wouldn't know if you like it or you don't. Well, I love it now, but it just yeah, took yeah. a much longer time. Yeah, everybody is on a different timeline, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, have you ever smoked weed? No, I never have. In fact, I was one of those kids. Um, I remember in college, actually, I'll tell you a funny story. I go into this dorm, dorm floor, and uh, some of my friends, um, not teammates, some of my friends that were an athlete were smoking in another room. And... I smelled it. I'm like, what's going on? And they opened the door. I ran so fast and I went to down the hall and I just sit there and then just sit against the wall and waited for one of my friends to come and just chill there. And he's like, hey, why don't you come hang in the room? I was like, nah, I can't do it. And he said, well, I said, well, I'm a division one athlete on scholarship. I get drug tested randomly. If I get caught in my system, I'm not going to risk it. And then, and they're like, well, you're not smoking. I was like, well, I don't care. There's a second hand for cigarette. I don't know what weed is. I don't, if I'm inhaling, I can smell it. It's going into my system. So I was like very cautious of it. And it's funny because not even a couple of months later, I got drug tested, back-to-back -back drug tests. I'm like, why are they randomly checking me? It was a random, they randomly picked 10% of the team. So that's our UMass, our school rule every month. Uh, and then there's NCAA drug testing, which comes out of nowhere. It blindsided you. So I got picked back-to-back -back months. I'm like, what the heck? Did I think I'm like doing some kind of drugs? But I thought it was funny because I, I knew I was fine, but I never wanted to get near marijuana. Um, I never, because my scholarship was on the line. So you get drug tested, you get busted. 
Now, not you know what the compliance office is going to do. Are you going to get kicked off the team? Are you going to get suspended and miss games, especially someone like me who's starting games for the team? And a coach took a risk on me by offering me a scholarship. So you don't want to let people down, your family down. So just because of that, I, I didn't judge anyone who did it. I had no idea about it medically, what it does for you, what it doesn't do for you. I just wanted to make sure that I follow the rules, which was don't get high and then get drug tested and get busted or don't do any other drugs and get busted. So that's all it was. And I never had any interest to try it or anything, even till this day. Um, it's still the same thing for me. I don't smoke either. Yeah. I think you'd, you'd probably have fun if you did it. But uh-huh. the reason I asked that is because the first time I broke into a long run, uh-huh. like past a three mile, it's like a six mile. It, mm-hmm. was, it was a similar feeling to mm-hmm. being high for the first time because it's like a brand new experience. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe what I'm capable of. Yeah. When was the first time you like really pushed your distance where you're like, whoa, I have a lot more in the tank. Yeah, I've had so many runners high. Uh, that's what I call it. If you're talking about smoking and running instead of weed. Yeah, runners high. Um, I've had different feelings of it where there's been days where I'm just like, I can't remember the exact times where like I just can keep going forever. And it feels like you're barely moving. And it looked like it, it just, and then there's a, a, another one that I had where I said like my body, it's like my soul was watching. Like, it's like I was a different person. It felt like I was a drone watching my own body move and I'm not giving any energy. I'm looking at my legs moving. Yeah, literally. Um, so I, I've had had those days. And some days I chase those. And it doesn't come often. It just comes randomly out of nowhere. I haven't had one of those days almost a year now. Uh, like probably like coming up like February. I remember last year. Uh, I mean, that like this year. first run so. for you though. Like the first time where like you pushed your distance and you're like, whoa, I got a lot in the tank. You know, like was there a time where like you jumped yeah, from like, a yeah. four mile to an eight mile? Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Um, I've had two occasions. One of them was just, I think it was in the first week or two weeks. I just went to do the run intuitively. I don't look at my watch or anything. I just go. I think I ended up doing like a little over five. And there was one time where I went to just run across three towns. And I come home, I look at my watch. I was just short of half a marathon. It was 12 point something miles. I'm like, wow, if I had looked at my watch earlier, I could just continue to do the half marathon mark because I just, my goal is running totally, don't care about how long or fast you go. Those are one of those days where I was just like, what just happened? And I felt like I had so much more in the tank. Yeah. Yeah, you're obsessed with tracking your runs now though, right? I am. Yeah, I, I'm not obsessed with it. I just like to have it. And it's not to like show it to people or show it off or so that is if more is to show people this is possible look what i just did it i if i can do it you can do it but um i also like having it for myself because people don't realize it took me 163 days to even tell anybody that i've been doing this it wasn't meant for anybody this was just for meant for myself and i know it's bigger than me right now 100 percent without a doubt so if it was about me having it and showing it or crazy about it since the first day i would have been hey guys look look what i'm doing I was actually convinced by my girlfriend to do this. She convinced me to put it on YouTube, to put it on social media. So I like tracking it to have it, to share, to look back on it, because it's good to look at the work that you've done. You want to look at what you've done, how far you've come. I think that's very important. So I think for that reason, it's good to track anything you do in life and just see your progress. Now, I have my guy, Willie Buckets, on the podcast, Will Ahmed, who runs Whoop. What? Yeah. But put your wrist back up for anyone that's going to watch some of these clips. No, both of them. 
So hell is rocking both the Apple Watch and the Whoop strap. Yeah, every day. I do. I did both as well. What do you like the? I mean, I know they're a sponsor, but like, what is the benefit for you doing both of them? Um, my go-to everything is the Apple Watch. That's what I have since day one. I'm not gonna leave that right now, and that's what all the streak is on. Everything is counted on that. And um, I think the the whatever running watch you have, I think that's important, especially for me as a runner. Cause I gotta be able to see my distance sometime. I gotta be able to see my pace. That one I can't do with this because it doesn't have a, a screen. And even if I go on my phone, it doesn't show you. But the benefit of this is literally for me, um, it's not so much seeing my strain to say, hey, I had a heavy strain day. Let me take it easy the next day. Cause I'm not taking a day off. I'm not. But more of it's helping me. Oh, you know what? You gotta get this much hours of sleep. Sometime randomly I'll get a notification on my phone. If you go to bed at this time, you wake up at this time, it has a sleep coach that helps you. So it helps you recover to the best of your ability, or for me at least. Um, and in terms of getting sleep in, that's what I love about it, that I can see my sleep numbers. Um, but I, I do think for people who are, especially who are very, very into what they have to do, who are taking the days off, um, it'll probably be great to have this because you can say, you know what, my strain was extremely crazy. Let me just take today off. And I, but there's no day off for me, so that's the difference. So I'm using um, a different strategy of using this to my benefit. And uh, I have it on every day. And if I don't like something, you won't see it on me. I don't waste time with it. Like you can, I don't know, the 10 mark is not as bad anymore because it's getting, we're getting to the colder season, so it's not hot. So you see the same thing here. I have these on every day. The only time you don't see me have the Apple Watch is when I go to bed when it's charging. But I go to bed with this because it charges my sleep. So hopefully, um, I don't know what's in it, the technology. I don't get some kind of wrist cancer or something. <laughs> you're but a good, you're I, a good brand ambassador, man. I, I sleep with it. I I live by it. And I will not tell, preach about it if I don't like it. And uh, people ask me, and I, I'll be honest with you straight up right now. People ask me, is it worth for me to buy this if I have this? So that's up to you. What are you doing right now? So this was this is the most important thing for me in the beginning. But now this is like a huge bonus to it. Um, but if, um, for me, I wouldn't just go in and have this on and not have this because I got, as a runner, you need it. And I'm sure whoop understand that I've got to be able to see my number on the go. I can't just, mm -hmm. and so it's, it's all completely different things. So that's why I have two things on. Yeah. I'll also speak to that. I think the whoop is awesome. If you're either like very fitness conscious and you're an athlete, mm -hmm. yeah. a professional athlete, but if you are not, I don't think it's going to benefit you very much. The Apple Watch is kind of like a hybrid. It doesn't get as specific and as in depth, but it yeah, you get a yeah, and it does everything overall. That's the thing. That's why I tell people it's not a specific um running watch, um, but it does track running. It has great GPS, as good as Garmin, if not better. I've done so many. I've run with people with so many watches. I've done run with other watches, um, but the good thing about the Apple Watch is it does. It's a phone. It does a lot more than just mm -hmm. fitness. So. It's just a, a win-win situation for me with the Apple Watch as well. Have you ever thought about a Garmin watch? I have. Um, people talk about it all the time. And I, I feel like, I mean, everybody has their own thing. I happen to have an Apple Watch when I started the running journey. So I didn't just go, I'm starting running. I'm going to go buy an Apple Watch. No, if, if, if that was the case, I probably would have wanted to watch, buy a running watch. Um, and I think, I don't think any watch is wrong, depending even if it's price. So let's say you're running with a watch. If your watch says this mark is a mile and my watch said it's before that or after that, it doesn't matter. This is why I said that. 
maybe it might not be an actual mile distance, but if you keep wearing the same watch and keep doing the same thing, you are consistently doing the same thing. That's never going to be taken away. So you stick to that. That's fine. You're still doing the same thing. So, and with the, the whole thing with the garment, it's a running specific watch. If you don't pay expensive ones, you're not going to get everything. Cause I've had some garments I've seen even some other watches. It counts. It look for GPS when you start your run. And then when it finds the GPS and then you can hit start. Apple with the three second, three, two, one, already it got a GPS because they have enough satellites up there to do that. They have a lot more money. But Garmin, for you to just immediately go for it, you got to buy the high expensive one, the six, $700 one. I mean, these are a little more expensive now, but like you can get like the generation three that, that, that's not as expensive, 200, 300. Um, this was probably like just less than as 449 or something when I got it at the time. So it depends what you want to do, but I don't think um, you need specifically a specific type of watch and it also depends what you're trying to do yeah dude i noticed the same thing i noticed the whoop the distance with the whoop tracker is much longer so for instance like i ran a yeah. half marathon on the apple watch and then yeah. on the whoop it came back as like 13.5 yeah but the one benefit a huge benefit to the whoop is the battery life is significantly better than the apple watch oh yeah that, that one yeah, i could do two three two days three days without yeah. charging it yeah. And you can bring that thing underwater pretty easy. On a watch, yeah. I have my charging thing right there next to me. Yeah, I just put it on sometime when you I don't have time to put on the charger and I have it charged on the go. So I think that's how unique about them. Now let's talk about your other drip. I mean, we're in the winter. What are you running in right now? Um, Gymshark Speed Pants every day pretty much. Um, Shouts out to the sponsor. Shouts out to the sponsor. Yeah, Gymshark. Um, I wear Gymshark every day. Like even this is a regular normal shirt. Since I've been sponsored by them, literally – I wear it every day because I have all the clothes that I need. Um, so I wear pants. I wear their like uh, uh, a tight shirt that they have that's almost a, comp- a compression type. And then I put my hoodie on top or running jacket, running vest, and gloves, and I go run. And I, I'm the running jacket's Gymshark too. Yeah, everything Gymshark. Yeah, everything is Gymshark. Um, I don't even that remember that guy's it. company. D- dude killed it. It's worth like two billy. Yeah, I think they just made it over a billion. I think that's what it was uh, recently. But it's crazy because he's a young guy, 28 years old. Uh, so much, much uh, love to him for what he's been doing. Um, so Gymshark, the only thing that I have a problem with when I run in the winter or cold is my hands. I can never find the perfect gloves. Me too. I can wear It's My hand just freezes quick. It's just, and I, I'm miserable because of my hands. Not so much of the run because I'm just like, it's frozen. It's in pain. And then the warming up part is even worse. It feels like you're getting stabbed when it's trying to warm up. So, but gym track every day. I have the same issue with my hands. I have terrible circulation. Yeah. Feet. Have you thought of doing like a, one of those like shake hand warmers? Yeah. I used to do that and I got to get some, I'll throw it in my, in my glove and just squeeze it. So now I got to get mittens where I can go down instead of the finger gloves. Cause that one only like ends up over here. But if you get that mitten, you can have it in your whole fingertips. So that's what I'm working on doing so I can have something. To keep my hands warm. Now you were running in Hoka's. Were you in the Clifton's? Yeah, I run in. Uh, I've run in Hoka's Clifton. I just got a bunch of Hoka's actually. I haven't used them yet. Let's go. Um, awesome. But I've been running in uh, my favorite running shoes right now at the moment is the React Infinity Run by Nike. It's just like it, when I read about the shoe, it was recommended by a fellow friend on Instagram. It says that this is shoes designed to help you prevent prevent injuries. I was like, well, this is something that could be good for someone who runs every day. And when I first put it on, it was awful. It was so, 
it was my size, but it was like weird and tight in certain areas when my foot is landing. And I hated it till I broke the shoe in. After I broke it in, oh man, I'm loving it. And I want to buy a second pair. And then there's the same feeling on the second pair. I hate it right now before it's getting broken in, but I'm using the first one still, but I know once it breaks in, it's getting better. It's going to be amazing. Um, so it has a carbon plate or? No, I don't think this one does. No, this is not even now. Uh, it's, it's an inexpensive uh, Nike running shoe. But the Hoka that I have, um, the Runecon and uh, the Rocket X has carbon plates in it. And I have the Endorphin Pros from Soconi that also has carbon plate. Those are the expensive light one. I don't use those every day. So, oh, there you go. That one. Yeah, look at you. Look got at you. Up, baby. I literally ran in that one time since I got it. So I have that. That's it. Yeah, I destroy shoes, though. I don't know what it is about me. I'm like, am I that heavy? What is it going? My landing? I, it's like I'm a cheese grater, like with the with shoes, with the ground. I just, I destroy them easily. Well, and dude, I don't it looks want, like you're only running on pavement. Pavement all the time. And I, 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 I've been doing the last two weeks, every Sunday, last Sunday and this past Sunday, um, just getting on a trail just to go somewhere, stop and wear my trail shoes. But I said 99.9% of the run of my journey has been on pavements. What are you doing for a trail shoe? Uh, I have the Nike Wild Horse 6. Are they nice? Beautiful. Because it's, it's one of those shoes where you can actually start on pavement and make your way into the trail. So you don't have to really drive up to the trail. If, you, if the trail is close enough to you, you can run and, and get in there. So yesterday, that's what I did with it. Um, but I've driven up to trail and wear that. It's a very light shoes. Um, your socks will never get wet unless if it went on top and going, the water or whatever. It's a beautiful shoe. And then I like that it's colorful and flashy. I like colorful shoes. Yeah, me too, dude. Yeah. It'd be odd, dude. The more you grow your YouTube, it's going to be sweet if you can get like a nice ass sneaker collab with somebody. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've had people uh, gratefully and uh, has um, Roadrunner Sports send me shoes. And then these hookers, hookers directly send it to me. And I'm no, like, I what? Mean like, I mean, like a hella good model. You're oh, I, I see. I see. I see. I see. Yeah. Be sweet. That would be sweet. Now, um, you are fully vegan, right? 100%, yeah. And dude, on the phone, I, I like didn't, didn't mean to piss you off, but I was like, yo, how do you get your protein? And you're like, dude, you know how often I hear that? I get plenty yeah. of protein. Yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't mad at all. Um, yeah, I've been vegan almost five years now. That's why you look like a Toll House cookie, man. Your skin's glowing, <laughs> baby. You're so funny. <laughs> Um, so what, what do you do post run? You do a little shake normally or actually, yeah, I, I just, I, I was stuffing my face with a bowl of oatmeal. Cause I know we had, uh, uh, or podcast. I always put everything on my calendar. So I never miss anything that I have scheduled. So as soon as I got back from my run, the bowl is like behind the computer. I leave two cups of oatmeal, shove my face with it. And I'm with like, oatmeal. I mean, you can eat it if you want, bro. You can grab it. No, no, it's okay. I finished it right before I got on. I finished it. Now, what are you putting in that? Some fruit, a little protein powder? No, no protein powder, just oat milk and oat milk and um, oatmeal and bananas. That's it. And agave to sweeten it. That's it. Now, what would your big meal of the day look like normally? Oh, um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't have like a scheduled time. I'm always on a go, go. I'm always on a go. Like today was supposed to be my easy day. All of a sudden today is like, a busy day and I'm so glad I got my run all of uh, the first thing I'm done. So sometime it could be anything. Like I love going, like eating anything with rice. I love eating pasta. I love eating. I eat everything. I really eat everything. I'm not very picky. It's vegan. You see me eat it. I'm eating it. Dude, I'm going to put you on right now. So there's a, 
Do you go to Trader Joe's at all? I, I was there last night. I went to get a vegan mac and cheese. The crack. Trader Joe's is that crack, baby. <laughs> Bro, they have a, a, it's called a high protein veggie burger. Uh-huh. Absolute crack. Unbelievable, dude. I have to look for that. Is it a frozen section? Frozen section. Bro, you, and you get some of that fat-free feta cheese from there? Oh, uh, dude. Oh, oh, you can't do cheese, right? I can't do cheese, yeah. I, can't right, well, do, I can do we'll, vegan ones. We'll get that zero-calorie cal- Walden Farms ketchup. Yeah. Put that on it. I would have to look for it. I would have to look for it. Well, dude, so are you, like, planning out all your nutrition for the run across the U.S.? Yeah. Um, I have a book by a ritual a friend gave me um, as a gift. Ultra, um, right? Plant Power. Yeah. Yeah, he's an ultra runner, but vegan uh, podcast known for all of that. So he has all these like superfoods and foods that you need, like depending on what kind of stuff you're trying to do physically. So I want to focus on that. In fact, actually, I'm supposed to text someone back about that. Um, one of the nutritionists from Vivo Life that sponsors me about my nutrition for the run across the country. So yeah, I'm going to make sure food is going to be important because we're talking about eating 5,000 to 10,000 calories a day in food. So yeah. The thing is, people will hear that and they're going to be like, dude, that sounds awesome. But it's actually not. Yeah. It's, it's a chore. It's a chore. You have to do it. And I remember um, talking to someone who's done the run. He said he hated it. At some point, he was just chugging coconut milk because that's fat and calories because he's just sick of eating because that's a lot of food to eat. But you have to because if you don't, you're, you're we're burning. Yeah, burning. We're talking about 7,000 calories. You're burning. You got to replenish everything back. Otherwise, your body won't be able to function. I know, dude, so. you know, Dean Karnaz is the, uh, the ultra runner. Uh, yes, I've heard of him. He was like kind of the first dude to really popularize ultra running. What mm-hmm. he'll do is he'll literally just tell people, Hey, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be in this town in four miles. Somebody get me a pineapple pizza and he'll eat the whole pizza. And then just, yeah, keep going. That's cool. Maybe that's what I should be doing. Well, so how's it going to work? Are, are you breaking it up by like, you can do 12 miles a day, 20 miles a day. Oh, oh no, that's too small too small we're not doing any less than a marathon a day um my goal is to to do 35 to 45 in between that range um so that's the the goal and my i want to do 50 a day but my um sense senses came in instead of the the ego you all have an ego as a person say hey that's you might be able to do that for a few days and then you you might start tanking so i'm gonna keep it anywhere from 35 to um 45 and there's going to be days, like one random day, two random days throughout the journey where I get to 50, 60, and then bring it back down again. That's going to happen. But consistently, it'll be between those numbers. Now, where do you start? LA, Los Angeles, YouTube space. That's the goal. That's where you end or start? Start. And where do you end? And then New York City. Sweet. Now, yeah. how are you going to break up the runs? You're going to do two runs a day, like two 20 miles? Oh, I'm doing multiple. I'm going to as much as I can, because I'm giving myself 10 to 15 hours of the day to run and the rest is eating uh, in between. Actually, I'll be eating and then sleeping. So we'll, we have the whole day to run. So that's what I'm going to do my best with um, all, whole day to run. No matter, it doesn't matter how slow I go. I have to cover those mileage. That's the goal. Um, now, what about recovery? Do you use a hyper ice or? Yeah, I have all these gadgets. I'm going to bring hyper ice. I have uh, currently using a friend's uh, recovery boots. Hopefully I get my own and foam rolling, icing. I'm going to be doing all the stuff that I need to do, hanging my legs when I'm taking a break to flush the legs back. So recovery is going to be huge, important and recovery has to do with also 
bring the proper nutrition in my body. Um, because the first day, the first time I went to run 50 miles, a mile 40, I was crashing already. I couldn't see my vision was a blur. I went home, I ate and then powered through the last 10 miles. But um, this time around uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a few weeks ago, I did 52 miles easy. It felt like I went for a seven mile run, like my daily run, because I prepared myself. Last year I was prepared mentally, but not physically. This time both were, were prepared. I made sure that I was eating, even if I wasn't hungry, no appetite, because I was burning a lot of calories still. So I was eating, hydrating, electrolytes, and my body was strong. I didn't lose even a pound the next day. Last year, I lost 10 pounds within, within uh, 12 hours. And it was bad. And I looked sick. If you go look at the video, you can see my jawline, my rib cage. It was, it was disgusting. And you could, I looked like I, I, could, I couldn't even talk. My voice got raspy. So this time around, I was, nutrition was the important part. I ate. I felt like I just did a typical daily run and woke up the next morning. Wasn't sore at all after a 52-mile run the night before. And I continued. So it, it showed to me how important the nutrition is. My body was ready, but nutrition was the biggest thing. Yeah, dude. So I'm, as I was saying, I'm actually preparing for a marathon March 7th and mm-hmm. I have another race, which we'll discuss soon after, but where do you normally bonk? Like, do you ever bonk? And, and for anybody listening, bonking is pretty much like when your legs run out of glycogen. It's just that, it's just that pain cave, baby. I, I don't, I don't feel that. I felt that in that. Well, I got to tell you're you, you're Superman. No, at New York City Marathon Mile 19, my legs were like, uh-oh. I was like, don't, don't quit on me. I was talking to my leg from mile 19 to 26.2 miles. So that happened, but I think I, I, I definitely got a little better in terms of strength on the leg, um, training the legs. Um, so there's this, this is the, I love the, the long enduring, like feeling this pain kind of run. And when I feel it, that's what I want because now, I want to prove it to my body. Guess what? You're going you're gonna to die because I'm not stopping. My mind is telling me. So now I like playing that game. It's kind of like, I don't know if it's sickening or not, because I, if I get to that point, I'm, I can get miserable, but I'm excited at the same time because I'm like, I'm going to prove to myself that no matter how, how you're hurting, you're not stopping until we get to the finish line, whether that's home or end of the race. So that's why I like the endurance thing. I think that's my advantage for myself. Um, not compared to anybody, just for myself, that we're how I'm able to really use my mind to push me. And that could be very dangerous because sometimes if your body is really telling, telling you stuff, you got to kind of listen to it because you can make it worse in terms of injuries. But um, so, yeah, that's basically the answer to that. What are you doing for intro run nutrition? You do goos and stuff or? Um, like the gels? Yeah. I, I've used that for races, like um, like marathon. I was making sure that I was on schedule because I wanted to make sure I don't dehydrate or cramp. It wasn't going to be for me to not be able to handle the run. But if I got dehydrated or cramp, I know the feeling that was going to be my enemy. So I had the gel on me and I had like six gels. So every 30, 45 minutes, I would take the gel and the whole race. And then the, the, the 52 mile day, I make sure that I was taking it here and there just to make sure that I have some kind of electrolytes and carbs in me. But I don't. Throughout the daily run, I don't take it really. Yeah, yeah, me neither. I usually yeah. run fasted too. I don't usually. Me too. Yeah, like I every morning if I go run, I empty stomach. Maybe I'll take a sip of water just for the sake of it, and then I go run and I come back and then I'm fine, and then I eat. Now, uh, yo, what's up with my guy Alex? What's he been up to? Alex is a beast. <laughs> the young whiz kid, baby. 
The kid is insane. He's amazing, and he has a bright future. I gotta stop calling him future Olympian just to not put any pressure on him. But I see him in the Olympics in in the future because he's in insane shape. He's he's fast. The kid can run. He's five k. You just keep just shaving time off of it, and he he's quick. He's he's just unbelievable. I'm so happy I got to meet him. a 14 year old. Is helping me be a better runner. That's how crazy it is. It, yeah. It's a really cool dynamic too. Yeah. Yeah. Now um, we have our strengths, but um, he's the kid is his strength are insane. Now, how does the uh, the content creation work for you? Does you, does your girlfriend film everything and you edit everything? Yeah, no, she does everything. I don't do anything. Shout nope. out to your girlfriend, man. Disclosure, yeah, I don't do anything. She films, she edits everything, help pictures, thumbnail, everything. I just run honestly, so that's that's what makes it easy. I always tell people, it's not I can't do it by myself. Yeah, I'm running, but I can't do it by myself. That's the reality of it. Is, is if I have to do it by myself, right you guys, huh? Is she at the crib right now? Uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's, I think she's in the bedroom right now. Currently. All right. Well, we'll tell yeah. her that I think she's doing an awesome job. I will. I will. Yeah. Yeah. She does everything since the beginning, since the beginning, everything you've seen, it wasn't for any video you've seen on my YouTube channel that if you see me, it, the only time you can say, oh, hell is doing this. If I'm running with a GoPro, that's it. I know. And do you, do you like filming your runs? It's kind, is I don't, it kind of yeah. tedious? No, I don't mind it at all. Like I like, I don't mind taking the go. I carry my GoPro for 26 miles. So it doesn't bother me to take the GoPro with me for seven miles. Um, so yeah, it's not bad. I enjoy doing it. Now. Um, so quick question, just final thing on the route across the country. So are you like sleeping in hotels? You sleep in a van or a tent? RV. I'm planning to get an RV nice. um, to, to use. Yeah. So we just can stopped. Can I join you for to. some miles? I would love yeah, to. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's the goal too. That's why I didn't, the whole, when the pandemic started, I didn't want to start yet, but I think we're getting a solution to that. Especially by the time I start, hopefully it's better. So we're going to have, the point is to get people to join for a few miles. If I'm in your state, you see, you can live track me and jump in for a couple of miles. And that's, that was the goal. Or people could meet me, whatever state that they want to travel to people could bike next to me, whatever. That's the whole hundred percent, bro. I would love to join you for some miles. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Even if it's you, you want to join me when I hit New Jersey into New York city or when I'm in the Pennsylvania area, whatever, or in the middle of the country, whatever it works for you. All right, man. Yeah. Hey, uh, Lexi, you have any questions for Hella? Yeah, I do. Hey, Hella. So I know you. Yeah. Excuse me a little bit, but your YouTube name is hella good. Are yes. there any products or ideas or anything that you want to endorse as being hella good? That was, a very, um, that was a very spot on content journalistic question from Lexi. I love it. Yeah. Um, the name itself, I have hella good.com. Um, I mean, eventually the goal is just to have everything as my own as a brand. Uh, so sorry, sorry to interrupt you. What she's asking is like, what, I didn't understand. what is a fire product that you would also call hella good that like you rock? Oh, I, I see. I'm sorry that I would call hella good. I said, I said hundred percent Gymshark. Yeah. Well, that's a sponsor, bro. Come on. Give, no, us, no, something. The, give us someone who's not is, paying you. No, it's not even about paying because I'll, I'll give you something else <laughs> because when Gymshark reached out to me, uh, send me stuff, I wasn't getting paid. I wasn't. It was literally nothing. I didn't have to post anything. I just purely loved it immediately. I was just like, oh my God, this is actually really good. Um, so 
I would. What I let me say something else I can think of. Um, it was really good. It was hella good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, that is a tough question because there's so many things. Well, dude, what is your favorite protein bar? Vegan. I have protein bars. Um, what? I I don't. I really don't. And even me started taking a little bit of a protein supplement was after I got involved with Vivo Life. Um, that's a sponsor of mine, but I don't, not, nah, it's the thing. I, I literally, when people, people can't believe, I eat intuitively and trying to get as much as I can. And then when I'm running across the country, I got to be focused more on those things, but I really don't even have one. I don't. Lexi, I know that is not the answer you're looking for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can say my oatmeal is hella good. Just oatmeal would. It's the most boring banana. product ever. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think of any anything really. That, I mean, uh, my hyper ice, I think that's hella good because it's really quiet compared to my Theragun. Theragun could wake up the whole neighborhood. And uh, hyper ice is so good and, and quiet. I use it every night, every night to recover. Oh, wait, um, is the Theragun very loud? It's much louder than the hyper ice. Theragun's probably going to kill me for this, but it is loud. It's It's like night and day. Really? Yeah, it, it's especially at nighttime, everything seems louder. Like this one, at nighttime, I can be in the back room to, to turn on my high price. Fine. The Theragun is like a machine, like a, a drill machine or something. It's, it's loud, but it's powerful, but it's loud. Now, listen, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you my sales pitch. Yeah. Question Do you wear hats at all when you run with that high top fade? Nope, I just run like this. Then I'm going to be honest, this is going to be a terrible sales pitch because as you yeah, can. Go ahead. As you can see, I got the Lucky Charms flow going. You see? Uh -huh. I see your flow. I see it. I see yes. it. I'm going to show you something actually later. Go ahead. So what I'm doing, I put it on my Snapchat. I was like, yo, if I make beautiful Golden Deer Productions hats, like a nice Nike dry fit, dry wicking hat, who will yeah. buy one? Snapchat blew up, but you're probably not a good model for it. So you never know. even a sales pitch. But hey, if I mean anyone's listening, I'm making fire hats, baby. You never know. So, so this is what my head looked like in the winter. There's no, um, <laughs> there's no, there's no hat. I was out there one hour that day. That's it. Look like the Air abominable freezes. snowman. Yeah, everything freezes. No hat. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh huh. Dude, is it? How long does it take you to warm back up? Oh, that day was crazy. It took a while, like almost an hour. I remember. I couldn't even get in the shower immediately. I had to wait a little bit. Yeah, so are you worried about inclement weather at all running? I mean, nah, no. I, I've kind of had an experience with a little bit of everything. The freezing temperature, below freezing, I get icy cold. My, my sweat freezes into ice, literally like into frost. I've experienced the extreme heat where I was like super dehydrated. I've experienced a little bit of everything. So I have an idea what it's going to feel like, what my body can do with it. So I just have to protect myself to the best of my ability and power through. I said, Sweet. you can't really predict Mother Nature. You can't. That you can. I think the yeah. the only I agree. Running is just running. People try to overcomplicate yeah. it. Yeah, I said like, no rules, just run. A, a windy ass day would suck. Yeah, like a, a tornado day would be would suck. But how sweet yeah. would it be if you ran through a tornado? Yeah, I, I said that's how resistance work from my. It's a work day from Mother Nature. Want me to work harder? <laughs> I like that. It's a fact. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey man, I had an awesome time, dude. I hope you had yeah. fun. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, listen, I got to, we have a couple things to close. Number one, dude, I just made a sweet movie that's getting edited right now. 
Uh-huh. The only favor I ask of you is when I drop this thing, you and your girlfriend give it a spin and watch it. Oh, I'll watch it. Yeah, let me know. I'm a huge movie TV guy. That's my guy. Let's go. Yeah. Please let me know. I would definitely watch it. Absolutely. You might be on the yeah. road when it drops. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, even better. Entertainment. When I'm in the RV, chilling, recovering, break, throw it on for a little bit, go back, run, come back again. That's a fact. put it on before I go to bed. Yeah. And dude, what I would also do, you'd really enjoy it. I ran um, an episode with this guy, Mikhail Graglia, who won the Moab 240 Ultra. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Those are crazy. Yeah, but he sh- he shares a lot of the same mindset with you when it comes to running. I think you'd really yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, I'll go check that out. Sweet. Yeah, if you can text me the link actually too, direct link if you don't mind. Yeah, I I got you, and I'm also I'm gonna link you with my YouTube friend who does fitness stuff up here, so you guys can do a little collabo. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Um. Okay. So this is how we start and end the show. You got to say hi. Your uh-huh. name uh-huh. is my golden hour directly after no break in between hi your name and that was my golden hour okay you got it Let, yep don't screw up dude uh-huh. <laughs> hi hella Sidibe, and that was my golden hour dude that was terrible no is that what you said you said well, that would be one of the worst ever everyone messes it up so hi i'm uh-huh. blank and this is my golden hour. Oh, and this is, oh, I won't even say hi. So that's part I don't, one. Uh-huh. And then part two is, hi, this is blank, and that was my golden hour. Wait, wait, wait. So, <laughs> okay, you, hi, my name, this is my golden hour. Hi. To do that? So yeah. I would say, listen, this is just if I'm just like kicking it and shit, right? Yeah. Okay, hi. I'm big handsome. Uh-huh. And this is my golden hour. Okay. And then number two, I'd say hi. This is a young alpha male. And that was my golden hour. Okay, I got you. I won't say hi because I don't say hi. This is what I said. I'll do the way that I, I think it should be okay. But let me know if it's not. <laughs> okay, man. Do you think? All right. All right. What's up, my beautiful people? My name is Hela Sidive, and this is my golden hour. Hi. My name is Hella, and that was my golden hour. Well executed. I know. What's up, there my beautiful go. people? I love when that's you That's my thing. Usually, that's what I say. Hey, hey man, I had a blast. Also, yeah. I have a couple sweatshirts left. If it fits you and your wifey, I'm going to ship them out to you guys, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send you my address. Okay, sweet. And dude, yeah. uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lexi. Thank you for your time, guys. Absolutely, bro. I'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. Bye. Bye, right, my man. Peace.